This episode of podcast is brought to you by making up a sponsor on the spot. So like a, a chair, but it's also a drink and it's sold at a reasonable price at like a decent store. You know what I mean? Like that would work, right? This is not a joke. You will only keep this job if you close, and that's not funny to you. I'm only interested in this company growing, and when it isn't, it's not very funny to me at all. These people work very hard for their money, and these other guys are ripping them off, treating them poorly because they don't know. So when you look them in the eye, you have to believe that we are better. And we are. But you will never do anything as hard as staring someone straight in the eye and telling the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that owns its own heating oil company. I'm Zach. And I'm Frank. And today we are here to discuss a most violent year, A24. Yeah. I have almost nothing bad to say about this movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Right? Yeah. Like, it was cool. It's basically a mafia film, but without the mafia. Exactly. (laughs) And I don't... Man, like, I I sat down and I was like... I was worried. I was like, oh, man, you're going to think, like, this is boring at points. And... No, I was actually really compelled pretty much the entirety. I mean, A, Oscar Isaac always just kills it and And everything. A24. Yeah. And Jessica Chastain. We're a little biased. Yeah. We're a little biased about these four films. But let's do the run. Although Under the Skin. I don't know if you saw Under the Skin with what's her name? Uh, Scarlett Johansson. I fucking hated that movie. I was like, <laughs> I can't get through this. this movie. Oh, that was uh, A24? Yeah, mm-hmm. I just didn't like it at all. Uh, you go first. Zach, okay. And then it's me. All right, guys. So, A Most Violent Year came out in 2014, directed by J.C. Chander, which I guess this is his third film that he's done. Mm-hmm. So, your main characters are... Oscar Isaac, who plays Abel Mordes. Yeah. You have Jessica Chastain, who plays Anna, his wife. You have David Oyeloa, who plays Lawrence, the guy who's trying to, I, I guess, I don't know what he is really, like a lawyer? Uh, yeah. It, well, kind uh, of? Eh, like, he's just looking into like shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you a have- a cop of some kind, right? I guess. Yeah, I no, don't he's know. definitely like a detective or something. Yeah. Or they they said what he does. I don't remember. I don't remember if he was like I don't remember. I know. I don't know if he was like <laughs> no. I don't know what he was. He just yeah. does he he looks up for shady shit yeah. in companies. And then you have Albert Brooks who plays Andrew Walsh, who's Abel's partner, kind yeah, of in yep. this. Or like more so uh not motivational speaker, but like <laughs> he, he definitely like influences like what he does with his money. Yeah, yep. Uh, and it's a film about a man who I guess is like an American, well, like an immigrant of sorts mm-hmm. who decides that he wants to start an oil business. It's, this is pretty much There Will Be Blood, but, but in not- modern day. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes place in like 1981 Yeah, New it's York. like the 80s. Um, and he's like starting up his oil business and he's actually, well, he's, it's not that he's starting it up. He's been doing it for a while, but now he's trying to expand. Mm-hmm. And he's basically just trying to buy property and invest in into it where he's get there's like more uh oil drums so he has like a, he can uh basically get like a higher capacity of oil and he kind of gives you like the whole rundown of why exactly he's buying this piece mm-hmm. of land um and then he's basically just got co- like competitors his his competitors who are also in the oil business and they're kind of just going at each other's throats but he Oscar Isaac's character mm-hmm. is very much like a by the I don't know if I would call him by the books but he's very mm-hmm. much like 
I guess I would call him a a man with like a conscious and yes. like he wants to do things right. That's what and I loved about everybody it. Everybody else doesn't really give a fuck. Mm-hmm. So although they're like sabotaging him pretty much, he's still trying to like go about things. He, it's basically like attention filled drama because mm-hmm. it's like when is Oscar Isaac going to fucking explode? Because I like, was waiting you're for waiting it. for him to explode because it's just like every single time that he gets a little bit ahead or that or that he thinks he's like going to do like something um, okay, mm-hmm. and everything's gonna go smoothly. He, he gets his truck gets robbed. Somebody yeah. beats up one of his guys. Whatever it is, and it's just like he can never get ahead. His his marriage is kind of like suffering from it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not he's not seeing his kids anymore. But he's still just like trying to like just do this like the proper way and not engage in any type of like criminal activity and not engage in any type of uh, violence at all. Yeah. So I, I guess. I guess my my issue, the only issue that I kind of have is just, I don't know if the film kind of like warrants the name. Like I don't yeah. I don't know if if the if the film if the title of the film really portrays what the movie like is kind like really is. And that's the thing too is like the trailer even kind of builds it up to be way more intense than mm-hmm. it really is. Because don't get me wrong, this movie has its intense moments. Yeah, but for the most part it's more methodical and like planning out yeah and i think that's where like some people might look at the trailer and be like disappointed in it yeah well again i didn't i've actually i i did saw this trailer like i don't remember i mean when did this movie come out like five years ago four years ago at this point like i remember watching the trailer first time and i thought it was a straight-up mafia film yeah that's what it looks like and I mean, even like the cover, like the cover of it's like him, like in this suit and like he, it just, and then like, it is very much a mafia film. Yeah. I mean, like the, the relationship that he has with his wife and like, just like the, how she talks and, and like, you know, the whole part where, when she buys the gun and all that, like it, it's, it is very much a mafia film, but without being in the mafia and just being in the business. Yeah. That's the only other thing too, that like I had a small issue with was Anna's character overall. Jessica Chastain is a fantastic actress. Mm -hmm. I just don't feel like she put it all in for this movie. There are points where she does. I feel like like that she was pretty good throughout. So more towards like the later half where it's like she tells Abel, like, you know, I've been laundering money from us on the side. Yeah. That part, I was like, okay, here we go. This is Jessica Chastain. But like in the beginning... I'm kind of like I can tell that you're acting. No, oh, okay. I can I can feel it that yeah, you're yeah, acting. Yeah. You're not actually the character. Yeah, I didn't get that from Oscar Isaac though at all. No, Oscar he's just, Isaac. He's always just phenomenal. I I love and I love the fact that like I'm seeing more and more of him in things. Yeah, because in the beginning, like two years ago, I was like, okay, I've seen him as Poe Dameron in Star Wars, and I've seen him in Annihilation as Kane, and that's it. Right. And then we get like Ex Machina and then we get this and then he's doing Dune. Yeah. So it's like, ooh. Yeah. And then he, he was also in a Drive. Yes, that's true. He had like a small part, yep. but a good part. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, really, I really like him a lot. Yes. He, uh, he's becoming one of my favorite actors. Yeah. I was actually going to say that like, I think that like he is becoming like one of my favorite as well. Like anytime that I see Oscar Isaac now, like in a, in a movie or I see his name like in a future movie that's coming out, I just get very excited mm-hmm. just because I think that he picks his roles very carefully. Yeah. I, I, he doesn't seem like an actor that just grabs like whatever he, whatever he can, whatever he can. And then just, just for, like, it doesn't seem like he's doing it just for like money. Like mm-hmm. it seems like he genuinely is like a good actor and like he wants to like 
he cares about his filmography, you know, and like he, he wants to be in good films. Um, so I always appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So I kind of disagree about Jessica Chastain. I thought she was pretty like great throughout. I just think like more towards the beginning, she was just kind of like phoning it in at points. Yeah. But that, like the, the second half of the film, you really feel it. Like, especially too, when they show up during the birthday party. Oh, uh, like yeah, she's yeah, yeah. talking to Lawrence is like, that's very disrespectful of Yeah, you. I thought that was really like, that was cool. a really cool She comes shot. across from like this, like she, it's, it, it, it's like kind of like a stereotypical mafia thing mm-hmm. where it's like a very Italian woman who grew up like in the Bronx mm-hmm. and she has like that kind of like Bronx accent, but yeah. then, but then she starts dating her husband and uh, they get together, get married, whatever, have a couple kids, and they have all this money. And it's just kind of like one of those situations where it's like you can't take the hood out of – you can take the girl out of the hood, but you can't take <laughs> you the can hood out that. of the girl, you know? Yeah. Because, like, when she gets angry, like, that that, that Bronx accent really comes out, and then and she becomes – and, like, when, when her and, um, and, and Oscar have, like, that – or Belle have that, uh, like, argument mm-hmm. where she kind of, like – where he finds out that she has a gun – and they're like going back and forth about like you know him like not being able to protect them and all that jazz. Yeah. Um. She and he and he literally says he he like calls. I don't remember exactly what he like calls her, but he calls her like. Oh, like, he's, he like says a guinea like, bitch, like a guinea brat or something like yeah. that. Because the the gun that she has is like for hookers. Yeah, he says. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like she smacks him for yeah. that, and it's like, oh fuck, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. I I really like to like a Bell's whole character as. You really see throughout the film that he is trying his hardest to have like a legitimate business and run it the correct way, right? And run it, it legally, but he likes to dip his toes a little bit in the illegal mafia side of it. Every now and again, it, he likes. Yeah, to dip I don't it know in. if that like is it him though because it, like he doesn't even seem to know because right like Jessica Chastain like the wife. He has to like he questions her like mm. like because he's not really controlling the books and all of that and he's just kind of questioning her as to like he's like how like what kind of shit like what what's going on here yeah. and she's like oh I I think like we're good but I just don't want the police <laughs> yeah. to look at like the paperwork before I get to see it all mm. um and then you and then you find out that she was like slowly like skimming money off and like kind of cre- creating like a little like safety net for them just in case anything happens and i think it had like it looked like uh, it looked like a lot of fucking zeros on that piece yeah. of paper like they don't show you exactly what <laughs> but it is you know. but it looked like it was a couple like maybe like at least a million yeah cuz um, even so like with the party when the cops show up with a warrant yeah. and he's hiding like all of the boxes of everything it's like mm-hmm. this looks shady it looks and, real shady and i'm thinking to myself it was like you don't think that if they have a warrant they're not going to check underneath your porch <laughs> You know, but they didn't. My thing was like, well, see, I see. For me, it was more like they're all out there, and I was just like, any one of them could just walk around the house at any point. Yeah, and just like you're just throwing boxes. <laughs> <of them. laughs> what is this? Oh, this is my comic book collection. I don't want you to see this. <laughs> exactly. It's mostly like you guys have a warrant for inside the house. Okay? When, when you get an under the porch warrant, then you then come <laughs> then talk to me, dickhead. <laughs> They open it. It's just like the crossover of Transformers <laughs> and Rainbow Dash. <laughs> so uh, yeah, um, but I did like the tension between Abel and Lawrence mm-hmm. because I thought that the Lawrence being the cop and wanting and like kind of like just kind of always being on his neck a little bit, and he kind of always has to watch his shoulder, like watch over his shoulder, and it really forces him even more mm-hmm. to actually like play it clean and, yeah. and run the business 
100% properly because it's basically like if there's any hiccup at all, then he can get arrested and, you know, then the whole thing can go under. And you really feel that through his performance, through Oscar Isaac's performance of like how much pressure he's under mm-hmm. and and all the situations in which he's trying and really, really making sure that like they're doing this properly and and it kind of seems like maybe maybe there was was some shit that was happening that he wasn't even aware of and the stress of of that like you can feel it and i i remember like watching it i was getting really stressed out too <laughs> and i was just like oh man like please, please. he's a really likable guy he is and he really portrays it where it's like he wants to run any everything properly and really build like a foundation for immigrants cuz then you have like julian too who works for him as a driver yeah and he's just He's trying to, like, help him and build him. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, and it it probably is, like, a strange scene, Mm -hmm. but it really just kind of, like, I don't know, in my opinion, it kind of showcased the type of man that he is, and and it just kind of showcased him, like, in his element of running the business when he had, like, the new people uh, downstairs, oh, like yeah. in that little like basement scene, yep. you, and he was showing them like how he how to inspect whatever like furnaces or whatever that yes, whatever it's the hell like it was. When they ask you for tea or coffee, you yeah. say tea, the fancier thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, and he goes on like his whole little speech, and it's just such a great written scene, mm-hmm. and and the whole thing about like just like staring at the napkin like uncomfortably yes. long, <laughs> and then looking and making eye contact with them for like an uncomfortable amount of time. It's just such a great written. Uh, well written scene and it's so well performed. I it's like it literally was like my favorite scene in the whole movie. Absolutely, surprisingly. No, that's that's why like it was one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, too. I, re- I really really enjoyed that scene and that's kind of, and honestly after that scene because I'll be honest like the first whatever that was like maybe half hour of the movie mm-hmm. I was I was a little like eh. there is a lull. Yeah, there is a lull in the film. Yeah, and it it chalks it up to where it's like for you and I like we like boring films. Yeah, where you're kind of getting into like the nitty gritty where he is trying to like figure out are all his expenses paid off correctly. Right. And to some people that's not interesting, but to us, like that's, that's building the tension. Yeah. Because once you have it where the bank won't fund him anymore for this spot and he is just spending the last 40 minutes of the film trying to find somebody to pay it off. Yeah. Oh, you know, it was intense. It really was because he's borrowing money from people that, are technically kind of he thinks that are stealing his oil yeah exactly and they're like they are gangsters in a Mm -hmm. way and you know the final the final few sentences in the film kind of leave it where it kind of becomes like a like he becomes a mob boss because you know uh what's his name dc uh lawrence uh Mm -hmm. is talking to him about he's like wow you got all this property like you know like that could be like a you you basically like you have a lot of power now and and you you know because it it seems very much like he's going to be a very very successful uh is going to be very very successful at what he's doing yeah because he even shows too like with the bigger plant like he can buy it in the winter time when it's cheaper right and and sell it in the summer when it's more expensive and all, but exactly. So you have all that, but like when Lawrence is talking to him, and he, and he basically says like, you know, you know, uh, you, you're gonna have a lot of power here. You know, like I could probably like use you uh, to help me gain like political gain and whatever. It's like that is straight up like a mafia thing. Like oh, that yeah. is 100 percent like like you scratch a, my back. Yeah, I scratch yeah. Yours. That's like a, like and and he kind of has no choice but to agree because 
he wants Lawrence to get off his fucking back. Yep. So now Lawrence is kind of like becoming like a little bit of a dirty cop mm-hmm. because he's saying, I won't look at, you know, I won't really look at what you guys are doing here if you help me. And he's like, all right, like I, I, I have no choice because I don't want you like in my fucking business for the next 10 years, like snooping around for any little thing. It's very frustrating. Exactly. Um, so it, he does in a way it, it does kind of finish off like a straight up mob film. And it's kind of an interesting choice because it feels like a mob film the entire time, even though it's kind of not, it's kind of not, but then it kind of solidifies at the end. Like, Oh no, he's becoming like a mob boss, even though it's just with oil. Yeah. And that's why too, like even the beginning, you kind of get more of like, with him running, like, as the opening thing, you get more of this kind of, like, Rocky story where it's, like, he's just trying to showcase that he's a winner. Yeah. And by the end, like you said, it's a mafia film. Mm-hmm. So it's completely... It, it's gone from Rocky 1 to Rocky 3 <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah. Where Rocky's just cocky now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we need to talk about Julian. Yeah. I don't get why he ran from the cops. When he had the gun and he had the shootout with the two guys that were trying to steal the oil again yeah. from him, I don't get why he ran. Because he, it would have been so much safer just to be like, hey, I have a permit for this. This is me. This is not the business. I just, like, I needed to defend myself. Yeah, and then also, Abel said, like, gave him, like, the business card. Or he gave, what's it, like, I guess Andrew, I think was the other guy's name. Mm-hmm. Um he he gave he basically like gave him the business card and was like hey like this is like a lawyer you know like a bell's gonna pay for it yeah so like he could have had like a really good like defense attorney mm-hmm. but he I don't know and then I, he I ran guess again he was just scared I guess he was just like scared yeah I mean I kind of get it where it's like he just he wanted to stand up for himself in this situation because man he is beaten down like in the first five minutes. Yeah, the first five minutes are actually, like, really great Mm -hmm. because you just have him, like, you have a bell running and then you have Julian, like, driving the truck and and it's just, like, I I don't know, like, it was a really, really, like... Pleasant opening to it. Yeah, yeah, and then and then by by when once he goes through, like, the little toll and then those guys show up and beat the... Which, by the way, that was the the guy that, like, Julian keeps running into and the guy that keeps robbing Mm -hmm. uh, Julian's truck is the guy from It Comes at Night. Oh really? Yeah, uh, the da- the dad, like the the family that comes in mm-hmm. for into Joel Edgerton's house. Oh, it's that's the dad. The dad. Yeah. Oh fuck! Yeah. I didn't even realize uh-huh, that. Uh huh. Yeah, the whole time I was just like, man, fucking get tied back to a tree <laughs> or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, every every time it was just like, it, the, the, honestly, that kind of bothered me a little mm-hmm. bit. Was like, it just like. It it felt like very like wash and repeat mm-hmm. because it's just like every time a truck goes out, you just you know that somebody's gonna try and rob yeah, it. Yeah, and it's just always the same two fucking guys, and yeah. they're just running up on it, and they do the same thing. And I'm just like, all right, like maybe we could have done like some more interesting stuff other than just like the trucks getting robbed. Well, like, you did have like the one kid that like went in, and then he was gonna be shown like um yeah the chimney like, or whatever. Yeah, and that was like all set up. Like th- I appreciated that. I thought mm-hmm. that was really cool, but like. I don't know the, the the other like four times that you see it, it's all just like the same thing, and I'm just like, Ugh, all right, like, is is getting a little like repetitive at this point. Like we we know what's gonna happen. Yeah, but I do like the idea where it's like you don't know what other company these guys work for. Yeah, that, that was a very uh... and and is it like all a setup for it? And then when you come find out that in the end, these are just two lone guys that will just do it, and then they're not really working for anybody. They're no. just kind of like. It's essentially like a hitman for hire type deal. Yeah, they're just selling it to the highest bidder. Yeah, exactly. And then you have the one guy who had been buying it for the past, like, 
I think year and a half, which is his, which is Abel's competitor or one of the competitors. Yes. Yeah. That he keeps like exchange. Like they have like every time they have an exchange is always like in the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> How often do they go get a, their haircut? Every, every, you know, every, <laughs> every, every day. Week, yeah. <laughs> it gets to the point where it's just like, I hate you. I hate you too. Bye. <laughs> but man, that scene when Abel goes after the truck, yeah. he's like right there. Yeah. You kind of get that payoff of like, finally, He's letting out all the aggression of the bank not supporting him and somebody stealing his his oil and he can't figure out who and he wants to run a legitimate business. Yeah. And he chases them down and he gets the gun and he gets off the train and tackles Beats the, the guy shit out of him, yeah. and puts the gun right to his eye. Yeah. And again, his morals just won't let him do it because mm-hmm. he wants, again, to dip his toe into the mafia side of it. Yeah. But he wants to run a clean business and he knows that if he kills this man, it'll come back to him. Yeah. And he'll get put away and his dream will never come true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great, it's a great scene when he's chasing him. I was a little confused on how that truck tipped over. Yeah, right. I was like, what happened? Like, because like his car didn't tip over, so it's like, why? Why did your truck? It was a little strange. Yeah. But, Plus, uh, where else were you gonna go, really? Yeah. yeah, there was, yeah. You were gonna have to run along the trains, and at some point, it's gonna end. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I thought it was, that was like a very like tension-filled little like chase scene. I was, I, I really, really wanted him to just do something else besides just like hit him in the face a few times. Like I wanted him to just. I wanted Shoot him to his like cap out something like I wanted. You know what I really wanted? I wanted like a. You remember Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Nightcrawler, where like he's looking in the mirror and he's like screaming, oh, and, like yeah, smashes yeah. the window. Like I wanted like a scene where Oscar Isaac just kind of like has like a breakdown, mm-hmm. either like in front of that guy or like by himself, mm-hmm. because. That's kind of like the only time that you really, really, where like he really, like really loses his shit. Because like he gets, he like raises his voice a little bit when, you know, like in the few couple little arguments uh, with like his wife and like when that one guy comes and like tries to like rob the house. Yeah. And he kind of just chases him off a little bit. Yeah. That was real strange. Yeah. Uh, But that's besides the point. Um, (laughs) He could have caught him in the snow. Oh yeah, dude. I I thought he was just going to chuck the fucking baseball bat at him and just hit him in the head with it. And I was like, "Ah, that would have been kind of cool. I I wish I saw some bro. I wanted, the thing is, it's like, you wanted a little bit more. This movie wants to be a mafia film. Yeah. But, but it also isn't that movie. But it's so steeped in the mafia isms, but like it, it like never actually really like crosses that line. Mm-hmm. So like you're expecting a bell to like break a kneecap or shoot somebody yeah. or or you know just have like those those like really intimidating conversations. But in reality, it, when it comes down to it, it's actually like a, just a guy struggling and yeah. and borrowing money from people and and just like trying to run a legitimate business. So it's kind of like a mix of like there will be blood and like Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, it's just like he, he does. I'll give it to him. He does play the long term booking technique. Yeah, where it's like he's waiting it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I really, really did enjoy the movie. I I think that it it, it wasn't exactly what I expected, mm-hmm. but it was. I was pleasantly surprised. Yes, the thing that I liked too a lot is the fact that they decided to film this film during winter Mm because i think winter in the city really adds to it just like manchester by the sea where you feel the cold and you feel like the 
the emotions from it. Yeah. Like the coldness of everybody and like just trying to work everything out. Yeah. And I think this film really capitalized on that because you really get the feeling of how barren and how cold this business is yeah. for these people and how hard it is to struggle during all of this. Yeah. And then when you get like to the final scene of Julian, when Julian shows up yeah. and shoots himself. I was expecting him to shoot a bell. Well, th- again, like that was kind of like the intentions, but then he decides he realizes that like if he kills a bell, he, he knows he's going to go to jail yeah. Like at that point. Like, unless he just killed everybody. He kills the wife. He kills uh, Walter or whatever his name was, and he, he just shoots everyone. So he, I think he realizes that like he can't just start killing. He can't, he can't just become like a murderer. Mm-hmm. So th- there's really no other option because he doesn't want to go to jail, and he doesn't want to be a murderer. Yeah. So he just kind of had to like kill himself. But I thought it was a really, you know, when the bullet kind of goes into the oil yes. tank and then then you, then you get that little bit of like oil dripping down. It's kind of like the the real first time that Oscar Isaac is kind of sort of responsible for Julian's death. Like, it's, it's mm. in my opinion, he is because Julian doesn't want to do it anymore. He says yeah. to him, like, can I do sales? And he's like, you're not ready. And Julian's like, I'm scared to go back out. And Abel's like, get over it, yeah. kind of, you know? <laughs> You'll make it. Yeah, it's just like one of those things where it's just like, no, you're, you're going to do fine. Like, I believe in you. And then Ju- then the whole thing with Julian happens where he's on the where he's on the bridge and they have the shootout and all that. Um, so I think that, like, I don't know. It's like, what do you feel? What do you feel like that that bullet hole inside the tank and then the oil dripping down and then he takes the like napkin mm-hmm. and he plugs it like th- that that is a significant thing like that represents yeah. something you know what i mean to me i i almost i see where you're going with it to me i felt like this was the point where abel turned more to the mafia side like right at the end mm-hmm. because just like how daniel plainview does it in there will be blood it's kind of very similar thing where once Julian kills himself, he doesn't go over to like do something for Julian. He takes out the napkin and puts it in the hole for the oil. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was symbolic that he's decided that the oil and his business comes first and he doesn't care who or what happens as long as he's thriving. Because, That's interesting. Because That's he, an interesting point. He only takes care of that. The movie pans out with him just taking care of that. Yeah. So he's not taking care of Julian. Although he did promise to take care of his family. He did, and that's a that's a mafia move. Yeah, that is that 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 is a mafia <laughs> yeah. move. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I in a way I see it. I don't know. I th- what about you? There's How something. You there's something to be said. I think about blood and oil in this mm-hmm. film. They're both thick. The well, no, <laughs> just like the mixture of the two. Mm-hmm. I think I think that that's kind of like more or less like what it signified for me anyway was kind of like that death was a like that was kind of like the last thing that was still holding him back because mm-hmm. like it was the one loose end it, exactly that's like the one loose end that like you know he purchases he purchases that land mm-hmm. and now he's just trying to move forward but you can't really move forward when julian's out there running around because that's just still gonna like that's just gonna keep coming back mm-hmm. like you know, you you would imagine that the police would still be like knocking on Abel's door, like, "Have you seen him?" Like, it just would have been like an annoyance, and it would have just like kept like being a thing where he's not, he's still like dwelling on stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. And then Julian's death 
and like the blood splatter on the oil rig and then the oil coming down. I just feel like there's something something to be said about Julian's death being kind of like the final chapter of him struggling mm-hmm. and now him realizing like, okay, he's dead now. Everybody's dead. Let's fucking start making money. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, let's just like fully focus on the business now. So yeah, it's kind of, I think it's like a combination like of, of what I said and what you said about yeah, like, I, I, I see yeah. it. Cause it does seem where it's like we met in the middle with it where yeah. he does kind of finally become what in a sense he was fighting. Exactly. From yeah. The Cause especially with those, those fat, those, uh, you know, last few lines there when, when he's talking about the political gain and how much power he's going to have, like he's becoming, or he does become kind of what he was avoiding the yeah. entire film. So I thought, uh, I thought that was an interesting, uh, an interesting way to end, end the movie. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's kind of like, how else can you end the movie? Like, oh, he, he just runs a clean business? It's like, eh. Well, I, I, I honestly <laughs> thought, like, with the shot of the city, I thought it was going to end just like that. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were going to be like, okay, happy ending. Uh-huh. And then Julian shows up, and I'm like, oh, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. the movie was over. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean. I loved it. I really I really liked it, too. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's definitely a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely, like, a tension builder. And... I feel like some people would probably find this film boring, for sure. Yeah, I can. It's just it's just one of those movies that if you if you're going in wanting like a mafia movie of like Goodfellas or Godfather, it's not that type of movie. No, uh, but it's a just it's a really really great thriller, not a thriller, uh, a really really great drama. Yeah. Um. So yeah, overall, loved it. Yeah, thought it was awesome. All right, so Zach, do you have a recommendation for us? I do. Umbrella, well, please, let us know. Umbrella Academy, ah, uh, the Netflix show. Yeah, I've heard very good things about it. So I, Is I it honestly, superhero, kind of. Yeah. So it's weird. Um, I haven't read the comics. Mm-hmm. I, I, from what I've gathered, they're okay. But from the show, I started about a week ago, and if you don't know what Umbrella Academy is, it is a comic book written by Gerard Way. From My Chemical Romance. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, he wrote the the whole thing. And by then, the way, just re- just really briefly. Yeah. Joe Rogan and Gerard Way are like cousins. Are they really? Yeah, like huh. <laughs> like really weird. Joe Ray. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so keep going. Yeah, so it it's actually the show was created by Steve Blackman, and I didn't really look into like what Steve Blackman has done beforehand, but he handles the show in a really interesting way. Where it's seven kids um, who, weirdly enough, there was this weird thing that happened in the 90s where 45 kids were just born at the same time. Um, The mothers just immediately became pregnant and gave birth. And this guy only gets seven of them, but raises them because they have super abilities and basically controls their lives to become superheroes Mm -hmm. and now that they're adults they're brought back because of their father's death and then there's just like this whole thing about like time travel involved and the apocalypse and it's just like by no means i'm gonna say is it a fantastic show yeah it's got its quirks but it's quirky and lovable okay and is it it's dark at all or is oh yeah it, there's oh, is. there's blood there's swearing there's sex they don't give a fuck in okay, it okay yeah um and anybody who's watched it the the one character klaus 
my personal favorite. I know a lot of people like Klaus. If you watch it, I'm sure you'll like Klaus. But they each have their own abilities, um, and you kind of learn like a little bit about each one mm-hmm. while they're still trying to solve like this mystery of like how the world is going to end. Yeah. In seven days. And oh, then, okay. <laughs> or not, I, not even. I think. I think like five days it ends. And there's so time the... travel involved, oh, and okay. there's like crazy bullshit of like almost Illuminati esque involved too. Oh, all right, yeah. And it, it's really cool. There's only there's two seasons out right now. They're both on Netflix, and I just started season two, okay. and I'm pretty. It's pretty much just like binge watching. Like I can't. Yeah, yeah. You're just like going I can't through stop it. Stop watching yeah, like yeah. each one. Cool. But I think you'd like it. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Frank, what are we doing next? We are going to be doing 2015s. The Danish Girl. Okay. Um, yeah, so look forward to that. Didn't it win some awards? Oh, yeah, it won a few awards. <laughs> um, goddamn right. <laughs> you goddamn right. <laughs> um, all right, Zachary, take us out. All right, guys, thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I will no longer drive trucks. I will control my fate. <laughs>